If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest, we've got Elise Chand here again. Elise has been on before. She's been number 460 and Elise is also has a podcast because of horses. So you may have come on, listened to our podcast, gone over, listened to hers or listened to hers and come over to here. Anyway, Elise today is going to talk about 10 ways to engage newcomers to youth and horses. Is that it, Elise? Are you, is that the 10 ways or have I got that topic wrong? No, no, I think you're, I think you're spot on. You've got so many things in your information. I know you've just got a, a wealth of experience in this area it's not just about engaging newcomers and horses, but it's things that are going to keep people at the barn as well. Well, and, and to really make your barn a destination, right, so that people want to go there and and not necessarily stay forever, but feel comfortable, feel welcome, um, bring their friends there, make friends there, bring their family, and um, and, and really turn your barn into a very lively, engaging, um, full-of-life destination for people to go to. Now, I know you've got a business background, a love of horses. To me, it's just a really good conversation for this, but is there a particular reason you've chosen this subject? Well, you know, the topic keeps coming up time and time again um, through my podcast with the guests that I, I have the great fortune to, to speak with, you know, and they include, uh, and some of these pointers actually come from people like Olympic gold medal eventer, um, Denny Emerson, who was on the U.S. equestrian team, um, Patty Colbert, who in the U.S. is, is uh, extraordinarily well-respected. We would be talking for an hour, Glennis, if I went through all of the awards sure. that she yeah. has received. Yeah. But in addition to, yeah, in addition to being uh, considered one of the top visionaries in the horse world, um, particularly in North America, um, she also has been incredibly involved in the marketing side of the horse world. And so she sees things through that lens as well as through the competitive lens and the training lens. And then my own background um, for any number of years, I actually was a consultant in the horse world where I would go and work with individuals um, either who were uh, wanting to go from more of a hobby farm to a business and trying to figure out how do you make that transition um, what types of tools and resources do you need? What what things do you need to be thinking about? How does that impact your facilities? To going out and looking at existing facilities and making recommendations on how to make them more efficient mm-hmm. um, from a from a, a, a layout perspective, um, how to make them safer for participants, for the horses themselves, uh, all of those things, um, both the the hard structures 
but also, you know, kind of where traffic goes, you know, whether it's foot traffic or it's horse traffic or it's visitors, you know. Um, and, and so all of that kind of came together in these conversations that I've had with my guests. And um, when you consider that all of these worldwide horse industry leaders, in, including, you know, Dr. Rolly Owers, who's with the um, World Horse Welfare uh, headquartered in the UK, um, Guy McLean, I was just talking, he's a fellow Australian. Yes. I was just talking with Guy a couple of weeks ago. Every one of these guys is saying that um, equestrians are aging out of horses faster than newcomers, especially youth, are discovering horses or becoming involved with horses. And so long-winded answer to your question, Glennis, but it, but it really has been evolving over time. And this topic just keeps coming up again and again and again. Mm-hmm. The world today is so much different. What do you think is the main reason that equestrians are aging out of horses but faster than newcomers? Is it because the newcomers are finding horses a bit too hard? You know, you can't just learn it like a game and, you know, spend a day or two and all of a sudden you know how to ride a horse. Is it too challenging for the younger generation or what do you feel is the reason? Uh, you know, I suspect that it it actually is is a couple of different reasons that that there really isn't a silver bullet that we can go aha if we can figure that out yes. we will get this yeah. you know this this worked out i think i think it's a combination of things mm-hmm. i think that you know back in the day so i'm almost 54 back in the day typically only one parent worked typically it was yeah. the father and so the mother was not free to drive around but but had more time to get kids from one place to another, had more time to hang out at a barn and, you know, wait while the kid went through the lessons. And so you had a dedicated individual adult who could drive a young person who couldn't yet drive themselves Mm -hmm. to the barn, right? Um, I think that city sprawl, um, land use has changed markedly over particularly the last decade or two. And so the cities are just sprawling further and further into the country, and it's just becoming harder to find land with horses on it where they're giving lessons so the horses are accessible, um, but still within a reasonable drive from most neighborhoods. Because, you know, if you're talking about two parents who work all day or a single parent who works all day, then they get home, the kids at home, they've got homework, they've got dinner, they've got other activities they have to get to if they're other siblings, you know. So so there's a lot of demand on time. Um, And if you then have to drive 45 minutes or further just to get out to the barn Mm -hmm. because of that city sprawl, and then stay for an hour, hour and a half lesson, and then drive, and you've just burned the entire night. Yes. And so I think I think that contributes to it. I think that kids and adults are a lot more technologically oriented. Mm-hmm. Very few people do not have um, a smartphone or some access to technology, tablet, something like that. Um, and so we've become a lot more indoor-focused as opposed to outdoor-focused. Um, and and then the last reason in that, I think, is that it's just not understanding. Horses used to be much more visible. People were more aware of horses. They were more common. And uh, with that city sprawl, with the greater reliance on technology, um, not a lot of people are really familiar with horses. And so it can seem like, oh, my gosh, they're dangerous. Oh, my gosh, it's expensive. Um, you know, my kid wants to be in a sport. Let's look at football. Let's look at, 
you know, volleyball, let's look at swimming or something else long before we think about going into horses. Mm-hmm. And how on earth would we would we afford them? And I don't even know what to say about horses. I don't know how to talk to somebody about horses. I don't know how to find a barn. Um, all of those reasons actually led me to write a book that was geared specifically to non-equestrian parents of horse-crazy kids and how to find a safe way for them to become involved with horses, how to, how to identify a barn, some of the language that we use and the terminology, um, the traditions, you know, all of that. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot to think about. Now, just thinking, and we'll we'll get going on the tips here, but we're, we're talking about youngsters and, and that. What if there is someone who can drop them off at the barn? You know, if the parent is there, how can we get the parent, rather than being at loose ends hanging around till the lesson's over, what can we do to uh, engage them a bit more? You know, I I really think it's pretty simple, um, especially in in that first step. And that really is basically to think about what it would feel like coming into your barn from the perspective of someone who knows nothing about horses. Um, They're already uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They already feel like, you know, a fish out of water. So be sure to be welcoming. Be sure to engage with them. Um, even better, get their hands on a kind horse, you know, even if it's just giving a carrot or, you know, running a brush, you know, uh, through their mane or something. Just yep. get their hands yep. on a gentle horse to help to break the ice for them so that it doesn't feel so intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, make a point of introducing them to other parents who are there who have kids who are riding and really, you know, create an environment where they feel that they are a part of things, not intruding, not awkward, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is that what we need to do with the other kids, you know, because the mum might say, right, well, I'll, we'll go to, you know, 10 o'clock, we've got a riding lesson, then we've got to go, or we've been to softball, we've been to a football or been to another sport, but on the way back, you know, someone wants a riding lesson, we'll all call in, we'll get there. Is that what we need to do with the other kids in the family? Um, think about them. Oh yeah, you're spot on. I mean, it, 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 look at look at the extended family. You know, if there's yeah. a little one in the mix, do you offer uh, lead line lessons on a on a little gentle pony, um, a, 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 an animal that's appropriate size wise to the individual child, so that it doesn't feel intimidating, not just to the kid but to the parent? Because remember, the parent may be very frightened of horses and trying to adjust <laughs> mentally and emotionally to this whole concept. Um, look at older kids in the family and mm-hmm. figure out how to engage with them as well. Um, they may want very much to be involved with horses, but maybe they feel like that's a little kid thing because a younger sibling is involved with it. But if you can connect them with other kids in the barn who are their age, uh, yes. who are involved with horses, you mm-hmm. can make it cool. You know, those those are some ways to ensure that you're really connecting across the entire family and making them feel a part of things. You know, a a thought occurs, we tend to think of our horse world as being mostly focused on women, being made up mostly of women and, you know, lesson barns, the same thing. But there are a lot of single dads out there in particular, or dads who are drawing double duty. And they walk into a barn and they see a whole bunch of women and they don't know anything about horses. (laughs) And yes. holy smokes, you know, they're going to run for the hills as fast as they can. So be sure to welcome them in and make them feel a part of things. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, now thinking about, and I know I get what you mean about, you know, equestrians retiring, um, people aren't coming in, but what is the fastest growing segment of the horse world? So it's it's intriguing to me that the fastest growing segment of the horse world is actually women over 35. And part of what makes that so intriguing is if you parse out why, um, this is also the primary market for the majority of marketing firms uh, around the world. You know, women over 35 are a lot more established in their their lives, their careers, their families. Um, they typically have uh, some disposable income, maybe not a ton of it, but they've where they didn't have any in their 20s. Now they they typically will have some. Um, they tend to be a lot more settled in their lives and recognizing their own interests at the same time that they're also figuring out ways to build their family, maybe start a family, um, explore some of the the things that they wanted to do in the 20s, but they just weren't able to do them. Yep. They tend to be very involved in their community, very involved in the schools if they have kids through parent associations. Just in general, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderfully energetic, enthusiastic, creative um, force of nature, so to speak, is women over 35. I'm just thinking about, um, we've got another idea here about a tack shop, a tack shop, a fashion show. Yeah, would you like to speak a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So I think that there's there's a tendency often to feel when you're you're operating a barn because there's just so much work and so many moving pieces, there's a tendency to feel kind of isolated in in that endeavor. That this this is your world and this this is everything. And it, and it is. That's all. That's all true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there are so many opportunities to become involved and and to bring people into your barn, which will only help to build your business by becoming involved in those parent associations. Um, you know, in the U.S., we have Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. Um, they're Explorers uh, is, is another group that you'll see often in Europe. Um, I, I'm not sure in Australia what um, youth organizations you have, but connecting, you know, with with those organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's connecting with a local tax shop um, and inviting them to come do a, just a fun kind of quirky fashion show at your barn. Yeah. And yeah. that will let them show off the clothes that they that they are trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can put your students in those clothes and, and their parents and family and grandparents are going to want to come see their young child, you know, modeling or teenage child modeling. Um, put them with a cute little pony because little girls and little boys on sweet little ponies are absolutely impossible to resist, yes, you know. Tug yes. on those heartstrings, yeah. man. Throw some yeah. ribbons in there. You know, braid the mane, something. Mm. Um, may, maybe it's a horsemanship demonstration because there's nothing like seeing a small child easily managing a 1,200-pound horse to illustrate the confidence that kids learn in the barn, mm. especially if the parents are uncomfortable because – Wow, my kid's doing something I'm afraid to do. Huh? That's that's really interesting. Yes, yes. Now, and the next thing you've got is having an open barn, open day, open barn. You know, to talk about neighbourhoods. Would you like to talk about a bit more about that? And I suppose what you're trying to do, it's it's interesting, Alex. You know, some of these things 
incorporate other points. You know, they cross over what you do yeah, here and they really also do. add on to here. But you're obviously looking when you've got an open barn and blanketing other neighbourhood or the neighbourhood is to bring people in who may not have even crossed and thought about horses, but all of a sudden brings them in. You know, it's um, bring them yeah, into another yeah. sport. Yeah. Would you like to talk a bit about the about the open barn? Sure. So I, I think first and foremost, because I I hear myself talking and I'm like, man, these are a lot of ideas. This is really a shotgun approach. It's too much, right? I think taking a step back, the first thing you need to think about is who are you trying to connect with? What is your goal for your yeah. business? Mm-hmm. And, and you can have multiple goals. You can say, you know what, in the next six months, I would like to grow my young rider population by, I don't know, 10%, 20%. Okay, awesome. How are we going to do that? And then you focus on ways to do that. If you decide, you know what, I, I want to go after um, this women 35 and over. Well, one of the most fun ideas I heard about, maybe it's just how I think, but that's to have a wine tasting at your barn or your facility. Mm-hmm. And then engage local women's groups, professional associations, clubs, um, volunteer groups. They don't even have to have anything to do with horses, but they fit that demographic connect with a local wine shop and ask them to come out and, and conduct the wine tasting at your barn. Because remember, the idea of a wine tasting is you're just tasting the wine, you're not getting hammered, right? Yeah, so yeah. don't worry about that. Yeah. But have have light music playing, light food, just cheese, crackers, grapes. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be difficult to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, you might even invite someone to come speak on a topic of interest. It doesn't have to be a topic about horses. But it could be, you know, a connection with a local author. And there's a book club that is uh, particularly keen on them and invite them out to speak. Maybe there is um, a new shop that's going to be coming into that area and everybody's, you know, really excited about that. Well, invite them to come out and do a trunk show. And you also have the little, little wine. You've got the little, you know, grapes and cheese and things. And your horses are all right there, uh, which brings me to the point of make sure anytime you have uh, visitors in your barn, especially, should always be that way, but especially with visitors, that everything is ship shape, mm-hmm. that the horses are gleaming, the aisles are clear and clean. This is as if you were on inspection, because in a lot of ways you, you really are. But um, bring your prettiest, gentlest horse out, tie them in the aisle, let people come pet them, brush them, braid the mane or tail, you know, whatever um, you feel people would be comfortable doing, um, have them do with that horse. Because once people get their hands on a horse, nine times out of 10, you've you've yes, got them yes, hooked. Yes. And then it, and engage them. You know, it's not enough just to do that. Engage these people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Engage them in a conversation. Ask if they are interested in horses. They were as a child. Have they ever ridden? You're, you're effectively planting the seed that it's never too late to explore even a long-ago childhood love of horses. I mean, we've, we've all seen those videos and memes on Facebook of the 90-year-old woman who, for her 90th birthday, wanted to ride a horse. She'd mm-hmm. never ridden a horse in her life. She wanted to get on a horse, and oh my God, the tears are flowing, yes. right? Yes. Well, <laughs> here's a way to live that, that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. 
All right, man, this is, and you've even said on your, your notes, you know, that it's an astonishing, simple one, but a sign. What sort of a sign should we have? What are the main things? Because if someone's driving along and, all, and oh, yeah, that's a nice property, they've got a few horses, but there's a sign yep. there. What sort of thing should we have on the sign to grab people's attention to say, hey, we offer services to the public, you know, come in, you're welcome. This this is so very, very basic, but it, it has consistently surprised me over the years and with everyone else I've spoken with in this part of the horse world that farms don't put out signs. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a billboard, but it should be a sign that's nice, that's professional, it's easy to read, and it's at your farm's entrance. Now, if your farm's entrance is off of a main thoroughfare, set back or difficult to see, stick it down at the end of the drive so that it's right there on the main thoroughfare. But wherever it's placed, it should be visible. It should include your your barn's name, a phone number, and your website address. If nothing else, have it include those things. If there's space on there, depending upon the size of it, a very brief description of services offered. For example, riding lessons, right? Yes. This is not the place to write a book, (laughs) just riding lessons. So people know, oh, they do riding lessons. Mm -hmm. And they'll call you to find out what kind of riding lessons you do, what they cost, when they're offered, you know, all of that. Just You're just trying to give them what they need to get in touch with you to get information. Um, It's worth engaging a professional sign company to make sure that it's good quality and that it makes a good professional impression because anybody and everybody who sees it is a prospective client. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a 90-year-old grandparent driving down the road and you wouldn't necessarily think of an elderly person as somebody to try to connect with for riding lessons, despite what I just said a second ago. Mm-hmm. But that could be a grandparent who yes. has a grandchild who has a birthday coming up and she's always loved horses. Hey, they give riding lessons, right? Yeah. There are, um, in the States, we call them real estate signs. They're smaller, usually made of vinyl. They're on little metal posts, you know, that are easier to pull out of the soil or put back in, you know, Mm -hmm. and move around. And maybe you could, uh, depending upon how your farm is set up, you could ask a neighbor if you could put it out at the end of their fence line, if they're on a major thoroughfare. And it also has the same kind of information, you know, just maybe a little less of it, the barn name and a telephone number. And you've got it right out there and people driving by may not see your sign quickly enough, but now they've got multiple opportunities to see it. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Now, you talked a little bit about before about other businesses, you know, other businesses and having events and 
wine tasting and that. But the next one is a local chamber of commerce. And typically these would be businesses within the area. But what benefits are there for for someone who's focused on horses and, and having a horse business to be a member of their local chamber of commerce? Sure. Well, it, it's kind of like what I was saying before is don't necessarily just see the individual as what that individual represents. An elderly person, probably not interested in riding. You're making a lot of assumptions. Well, in a chamber of commerce, a chamber of commerce or business council is made up of people. Yes. People have families. Those individuals, adults may want to get involved with horses. They may have kids, nieces, nephews, the next door neighbors, horse crazy, I'll let their parents know, right? So there, there's always the potential for referral business. That's that's one reason. Another reason is involvement in a chamber of commerce or business council helps to establish your business as a professional entity mm-hmm. that people will take seriously. You're a part of the community. You're engaged in the community. Um, you're representing your own business, you know, to other businesses. And you're you're a viable organization that people will take seriously. Um, it also provides you with an opportunity to become um, more involved in the things that they're doing with uh, the, the potential for reciprocity. So a second ago, I was talking about doing wine tastings or connecting with local feed stores, tax shops, uh, trailer companies, agricultural services, farriers, vets. A lot of those types of folks will also be involved in the chambers, making sure that every one of them has copies of your barn flyers, which you should have, and business cards, which you also should have. Again, good quality, professional, include your name, your barn's name, and a phone number um, and your website address, mm-hmm. right? It's a lot of people will hand out stuff and then there's no way to contact them. There's, it's, just, yes. it's just not there. Yes. So always be sure, over-communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, But in doing that, when you want to have an open barn, when you want to offer additional um, experiences for your your existing clients or new ways to attract new clients, being able to refer to these other businesses, being able to call on them to provide additional services to your folks uh, is, is only going to help you. And they probably will cut you a break on costs if you already have an established relationship with them. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking, you know, about the obvious things that are missing. We've got, you know, within an online horse college, one of the activities that the students do as an assessment is to produce a flyer for a competition. They're so busy thinking about the events and the rules and this and the that, that they actually forget to put down things like a date, an address, a phone number to contact, you know, all of the really obvious yep. things. But it's still, it's a beautifully designed flyer. It just doesn't have the things in that it should have in. Yeah. So I can appreciate how you can get so frustrated just saying, well, where's your sign? Where's your flyers? Where's your business card? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you'll, you'll see that in social media too. I, I can't tell you the numbers of times I have seen an event announced on um, Facebook and I think, you know, I'd like to go to that. This yes. is this is really interesting. Um, okay, where are they? You know, and it'll say the farm name <laughs> and it'll say the dates and there's there's nothing else in there. Yep. There's no web there's no web address, there's no, hey, if you have questions, here's a phone number or an email address. And so 
I'll go out on Google if for some reason I really, really want to go there. I'll go out to Google and I'll Google it to see if I can figure out where the heck these people are. But the vast majority of people are going to go, oh, heck with this. This is too much work. Right. And the only people who are going to know where to go are the people who you are already in touch with who know, oh, well, that's Sally Sue. And sure, she's doing that horse show this coming weekend and has that great clinic or clinician coming in next weekend. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you're now talking to the same 15 people that you talk to every other day. Yep. And, and you've missed all of those other folks. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. Now, the next one, being a member of the local and the regional horse associations, you know, people might say, oh, to be a member, you know, it's more membership, more commitment. But what's the benefit of being members of different horse associations for a business who isn't taking riders out competing? They're saying you come here for lessons and you can bring your horse here and uh, keep your horse on livery adjustment or boarding. But what's the benefits then of being members of those associations? Well, it, it kind of fits the same description that I was talking about before where you're establishing yourself as a professional entity yeah. and helping to ensure that when people look at your barn, they're doing so with an understanding of what you represent, what your purpose is, and that you are a thriving member professionally of the horse community. Now, obviously, you don't want to go out and join every horse organization that's out there because we know there are a lot of them. Yes. But pick a discipline organization that makes sense for your barn or a breed organization or an animal welfare group whose work you believe in and um, you know connect with them. Same thing, agricultural services, it could be a local vet clinic that you you connect with. They may have a member group that they're particularly involved in that you can help to support. You can offer your barn as a meeting site for them. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of different ways to be involved. Colleges and universities, um, they may have an equestrian team, and maybe their equestrian team is very active in eventing. And you have a lot of eventers in your barn. They're all high school students. Um, You know, maybe they're not really high-level eventers, and maybe they don't want to go on to the Olympics someday. But wouldn't it be cool if you could become like junior mascots for that university equestrian team and even go out and and cheer them on? Um, Maybe help help groom for them the, the exposure to a different world is, is a wonderful one. And again, that university or college now views your barn as a professional horse-related entity that, um, that, that, they, that they respect and want to be involved in. And again, the more people who are aware of your barn, the more opportunities to engage with new populations of folks who are not currently riding or used to ride at one time what Denny Emerson calls re-riders. They're returning to riding. Um, yeah, it, it, they're just, they're more people to connect with and more people provide more opportunities to bring newcomers into your barn and, and, and increase your business. Mm, mm. And is that the same for nonprofit organizations as well? 
I think it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's an element, though, of good karma yeah. um, that uh, that can't be um, overstated. You know, whether it's therapeutic riding centers or Special Olympics, um, there there are so many different ways to help uh, organizations of that sort. Again, let them hold a fundraiser at your barn or your facility, depending upon you know how much space you may have. Or maybe they're going to have a big event at a local barn or facility, equestrian center, uh, where there are a lot of people who are coming. Well, round up your your riding students and go out and volunteer at that other center. Take tickets, help direct people to park, run errands for the um, Special Olympic competitors. Uh, I don't know. There, there are a million different ways that they could help. But you're building good karma. Again, you're you're... You can't re- reiterate enough. You're enhancing the reputation of your own barn as a professional entity that is a, a thriving member of the horse community, particularly, you know, in a you know, call it a, a fifty kilometer radius, right? Yeah. It doesn't have yeah. to be the world, but your corner of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you talked earlier, you know, if someone's coming over from a non-horse background. They're coming over to the barn. You've got to have your barn looking pretty schmick. Now, to have your barn looking good, running like it's a business place, what's some good tips then about getting your barn looking good, getting it looking professional so the barns run like a business? What sort of things can we do without spending a million dollars? Oh, yeah, because that's the big thing. Nobody has a lot of money lying around because if we did, we'd probably go buy another horse. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yes, you're such a horse person yeah. at least, yeah. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. You know, come on, we'll just tell it like yeah, it is. Yeah. But um, there, there are a lot of simple ways. So you can do everything that we've talked about beautifully, perfectly mm-hmm. well. But when people set foot in your barn, if if it's not all put together, you, you've killed every effort that you've, you've already expended your time, which is money, your time is valuable, Um, and any investments that you've made, you know, through the memberships or through uh, other endeavors. So a couple of recommendations. Everyone who is on your staff, and that can include like senior students who act as mentors to other students or who um, you would tap to give barn tours because they're very well spoken and confident and um, maybe they want to do this in exchange for being able to ride, you know, an extra lesson kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can use it as an incentive and get some extra work done too and build up the a young student's confidence and skills. Um, they should have a barn t-shirt at minimum yep. where everybody in the barn wears your barn color. Say your barn color is red. Okay, everybody who is considered official wears a red t-shirt and that's the guys who are cleaning the stalls, that's the uh, senior student, that's you, that's um, anybody, other trainers, other instructors, everybody's got a red t-shirt. That's at minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you can you can make it even better. You could have your barn name on those red t-shirts or your logo printed on those red t-shirts. Awesome. Or if you don't want that added expense, maybe you just buy a bunch of red t-shirts that all have horses on them or something. Or maybe they're just plain red Mm t-shirts, right? But whatever it is, your uniform. Bump it up a little bit, if you can. A polo shirt with the farm's name or logo on it, again, the same color for everybody, is awesome. 
So when someone walking into the barn walks in, they either see that T-shirt or they see that polo shirt. They know I can go ask that person questions. So it makes it more um, welcoming, more accessible. There's somebody I can go talk to. You look ship shape because this is your staff. Mm -hmm. One way or another, they're seen as your staff. And it helps to, you know, kind of dot the I, cross the T. You're paying attention to the details. Um, You're ensuring that people are presenting your barn in the best possible um, uh, manner, you know, beginning to end. And, And you've got to lead that by example and doing the same for yourself. Now, when you're out in public, you should be wearing your barn's polo shirt, your barn's riding vest with your logo on it, your barn's baseball cap with your logo on it. Anything that people can see your barn name and connect you with horses because it provides them with an opening to a conversation of, oh, hey, do you like horses or you're involved with horses? Oh, well, what do you do? You give lessons. Ah, My niece really, Mm. really wants to ride. Can I get a business card? Yes. Right? Yeah. And what about the signs? Now, they're obviously, you've talked about the signs. Um, yeah. You know, they've got to be part of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think you've sort of talked, what about documents? You know, what What can you say about documents? You know, people are coming in, they might have to register for a lesson, get a membership, sign an indemnity or yeah. come to bring their horse or even, yeah, the other, not just the documents and the flyers because they're obviously well planned, you know, come over, feel welcome, but the standard normal documents that a business has. It's easy sure. easy to put them in a folder and then a horse comes along and sniffs them and slurps them and you know, <laughs> has, has a bit of a, yeah, yeah get, get a bit dirty or they're out in a dusty spot near the arena. But what can you say about the yeah. documents? Well, you know, it, it there there's nothing, I was going to say there's nothing more frustrating. There are a lot of things that are more frustrating, but a very easy way to continue in presenting that, that very professional image is to have the forms ready to go. Mm-hmm. You're, you want to have a form for boarding. You want If you board, you want to have a form for doing lessons if you do, do lessons. If you're a breeder and you, um, you know that you're going to charge this amount for this stallion to cover a purebred and this amount for this stallion to cover a non-purebred, have your forms ready to go. Um, somebody wants to look at your boarding contract, have your boarding contract ready to go so that when they walk in the barn, you can go right to a folder or a file drawer, pull it right out and go, here you go. They don't have to wait for it. So take, take a step back and think in terms of a person's trying to find your barn for the first time. Yes. So maybe, maybe you crossed paths in the local tax shop. They saw your awesome riding vest with the logo on it. Oh, you have a barn. Yes, I have a barn. We do lessons. Oh my gosh, I want to take lessons. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Why don't you come on out? Here's my business card. So they set up a time to come out. They're driving around. They drive past your entrance. They're not finding it. You told them there was this great big oak tree at the end of the entrance. And if you go down and you see a paint horse in a pasture, you've gone too far, turn around and come, right? So they're up and down the road trying to find your entrance. They finally find it. I think this is the right one. They drive down the long driveway. They come into the barn. They look around. There are a bunch of people. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know where Sally Sue, the trainer that I met at the tax store is. Um, So they're going up to people. Do you work here? Are you, right? Mm. They finally find you. Hey, uh, remember we met in the barn or in the tax shop the other day. Now I'm here in your barn. 
can can I get a copy of your um your lesson plans? Oh, yeah, hang on. They're around here somewhere. Let me let me go look for them. And they're walking around and looking for them and meanwhile, you know, this new person is frustrated because it took them forever to find the place. They were excited, but now they're frustrated. It took them forever to find the place. They finally found the place. Now they're here. You weren't ready for them. You don't have a form for them to look at. There are all these people who are up and down the aisle. Nobody's talking, right? Flip that completely around. You hand them a great business card. You say, great, I'd love to see you tomorrow. What time is good for you? Awesome. You'll be here at 6 p.m. Terrific. They drive down the street. They see your wonderful farm sign at the end of the drive. They turn in the end of the drive. They walk in. There are all these people in red T-shirts. They walk right up and go, hey, I'm Sally Sue, and I'm supposed to see the, the person's name, Amy, um, because we met yesterday and I'm interested in riding lessons. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Why don't you come on in? Can I get you a Coke, bottle of water? Yeah. Great. Let me go get her for you. Mm-hmm. They go get mm-hmm. her. They bring her back. So good to see you. They talk. Let me give you a quick barn tour. Oh, you're interested in seeing the lesson plan information or a flyer on lessons plans. Here you go. What else can I provide for you? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Which of those two experiences are professional are engaging, make you feel like you as a prospective writing student are welcome. And you also, maybe you're a little bit afraid of horses, maybe you've never ridden before, but you feel like this person's got it going on. They, they are professional. Everything's moving smoothly. They were ready for me. They were welcoming to me. They provided me with the tools that I needed yeah, I think I could ride here. And I think I can trust that if they pay this much attention to detail that I've seen so far, then yeah, I'm in the right place. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Yep. Yep. And at least I think, you know, the beginning of that, I did ask you, at low cost, you didn't say, well, you've got to have, you know, yeah, post and rail fences right throughout. You've got to have your indoor. You've got to have also a big open jumping and a cross country. You've just said some really basic, basic stuff, but it can make yep. such a big impression. Yeah, yeah. Now, the last point you've got is remember at all times you are your barn. Would you like to talk a bit about that? Absolutely. It's it's kind of what I was touching on a second ago, but you, you have to remember at all times that you are your business. You are your barn. Um, the way that you interact with other people and with horses, how you manage the people who are helping you, the folks who are cleaning the stalls, the lowest level to the highest level people um, in the hierarchy in your barn or around you at horse shows, how clean or how messy your facilities and equipment are, including your farm truck. I know um, we horse people tend to just throw crap in the back of our (laughs) trucks and we don't think about it and the floorboards are muddy and nasty and, you know, we just don't think about it. But other people looking at that, especially non-horse people looking at our farm trucks are only going to see a nightmare. They're not going to understand that this is just, it's just a horse person. Um, You know, if you happen to be in a bad mood when you ran into an anxious parent at the grocery store, um, or you you just weren't paying attention, somebody said hi to you and tried to engage you in a conversation and you sort of shut them down. You know, for, for I, I, I suspect 
that for people who have worked day in and day out most of their lives in a corporate environment, some parts of this are pretty much a known part of doing business, right? You can't come into an office and um, kind of, you know, ignore the people around you. If you do, you won't be there very long, I suspect. Um, you, you really have to be engaged. You have to think of yourself as being on um, most of the time. And so the reality is that every single inter interaction that you have has the potential to create a great impression or a dreadful one of you and your business or your barn. And so there, you know, your farm truck, you ought to have farm signs up on your farm truck. Yeah. Um, you can get magnetic signs that are wonderful and you can put them up and take them down whenever you want to. Again, the farm name, how they can find you, your phone number, website, something for the love of God. You should be wearing that baseball cap or that riding vest with the logo on it, um, T-shirt, something that allows people to see that you are part of this organization and to strike up a conversation. You should be ready to always strike up a conversation, even if you really don't have the time for it. Mm -hmm. Be prepared and go, oh my gosh, you know what? It's so nice to meet you. So nice to talk to you. I would love to, to discuss our, our writing plans, our lesson plans. But I'm running right now. Can I give you a business card or do you have a business card? And let me follow up with you a little bit later. Yep. You know, you, there are ways to manage a situation, but still make that person feel like they matter. Yes, yes, yes. I think the information you've given us, um, I'm sure it's got a lot of barn owners and a lot of business owners and a lot of the, you know, even someone who, who might go out and be a freelance coach but they can still be thinking about, oh, right, I've got to have, you know, my, to be wearing the same shirt, the logo, to be having a business card, to have your paperwork well presented, to have, you know, where have you arrived, um, to keep it all well presented and the style that you do it in. It's, um, yeah, it's a lot of, lot of good business information, I think, that you've given to people. Uh, and not just that, but people who've got a horse might just be thinking along those lines of, wow, I really could present myself and my horse a little bit better than what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I really think it's just a fresh perspective. That's all. None of this is difficult. None of it is expensive. Some of it can be a little bit time consuming if you're creating forms, for example, for the first time, or you're trying to establish those relationships um, it can take a little while to get the relationships, you know, up and up and going. But sure. um, once, you know, once you have made those first steps, it really does come together pretty mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. It's just you, you, you got to begin it. Yeah. Yeah. Elise, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, because we've got the Because of Horses podcast, we, people can go across there and contact you through that. But And they can also contact you through horsechats.com slash Elise Chan and even now horsechats.com slash Elise Chan too. But contact details straight up. What's the best way for people to contact you? Oh, probably probably by email. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's Elise. It's E-L-I-S-E at becauseofhorses.com. Um, you can also go out to the website. It's www.becauseofhorses.com. And there's a contact Elise 
page. I think it's like the third page in yeah. there, but it's, <laughs> trust me, it's well marked. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and yeah. all of all of the prior episodes are out there too. We Perfect. post a new one every Friday. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right, Elise, great to talk to you and hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon with some of your very good, very in-depth information about horses, horse businesses and yeah, because of horses. So thank you. That sounds great. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 